sun goes down, the atmosphere grows Good morning, everyone, and welcome to All Things SR Podcast. And as if you can't guess by the song, we are welcoming Mango today in, with the uh, with gravity podcast. and ghosts. And as if you can't guess by the song, we are welcoming Mango today. Yep. Uh, and yeah. Mango, I need you yeah. to do me a favor. The gray bar that's on that, click that yeah. so that it, it, that little X. Yeah. Okay, I click on the X. I did that. Oh, dang it. Okay, and it's did Leslie because I'm getting a lot of feedback at the moment. All right, I did. I, 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 and she did it when I texted her. I'm not sure why we're getting the feedback. Can you guys hear feedback? Uh, Are, it's, there, well, it's, it's okay. Is now. it, is it's it okay better now? Because I, I just, oh, you know turned... what, Pam? It may have just been the delay. It could have been the delay. It could have been. So we're good. We're All good. right, good, so. good. All right. Good morning. Oh, that was a wonderful intro. That's, you know, as you probably know, that's one of my songs. So, and thank you so much for having me on this morning. It's just so nice to talk to you and and ever, chat with everyone here, too. Oh, yep, I see lots of people I know in the yes, chat. Yes, yes, yes. You're getting yes. hellos there's, from everybody. Yeah, from there's Betty, Betty, from Ellie, Ellie Diana, Diana, Becca. It's wonderful, mm-hmm. Ashley. Oh yeah, it's so nice and to see you. I see y'all. a oh. mango in there too. <laughs> yeah, mangoes, mangoes, mangoes in the chat as well, which is great. Yeah, right. <laughs> We're so glad to have you here yeah. on All Things SR. Um, thank you for uh, the invitation and willingness to come on the special Halloween weekend edition. Yeah, I know it's. Oh my gosh. It's Halloween. hard to believe. It's yeah. hard to believe it's already here. Yeah. What, what a, what a whirlwind um, of yeah. a week we've had. It's been remarkable. I know there's been a lot from SR World. And Pam, would you want to share a little bit of SR's uh, SR news? I, uh, I, can, I will be happy to share SR news. Um, he's happened to report that the first week of filming is over. Gabriel's Redemption has wrapped its time in Oxford and is moving on to Florence, Italy. Ah, uh, I wish we were all going. Me too. Oh, let's charter a three. I would have liked to have been in Oxford. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, that goes without I love, saying. Uh, Oxford. Yeah, I love Oxford. It's a beautiful <laughs> place. But anyhow. It is. Um, but it sounds like we're definitely going to be meeting the prince. Mm. Oh. Oh, he's going to make for those who he's going to make an appearance. Yeah, so uh, it, it's what it's what it sounds like. He says for those who don't know, the main character of my Florentine series appears in Gabriel's mm-hmm. Redemption and in The Prince, mm-hmm. but his story is explained primarily in The Raven and the books that follow. Uh, readers are going to enjoy meeting him. I'm hoping with readers' enthusiasm for his character. And for the Florentine series, that one day we will be able to see his story on film. Let's hope Passion Flicks gets the budget for it. It'll be great. Um, the Gables Rapture DVDs released this week in the Passion Flicks store. And they're all region DVDs. So that you don't have to worry about the 
because they have different regions. I think uh, like South America is different from us. Europe is definitely different from here. Um, and uh, they are uh, thanks to two generous readers. Uh, he'll be hosting a, a giveaway for the Rapture DVD. So stay tuned. And by the way, there are many subtitles, including Russian subtitles on the DVD. Yes, they've been very um, careful to get the subtitles done. And I know when they, if you get a, if they get a request from a number of folks, they will add the language. So if you know, mm-hmm. if it's possible, they will. I know, I, and it's not a definitive. Oh my goodness, Brenda's got hers in the mail already she said they were really fast to deliver um this time so place your orders great Great. place your orders of course um i still have to order (laughs) i still have to order the first series before they're all gone um but that's it's very exciting that they've done that for fans it really really is I can't remember. Do they have like um, like extras on it, like either bloopers or behind the scenes things? Did they include those in the DVDs? I'm. Um, it's a great question. I'm putting that out to the our friends in the chat room, ladies. And I see a black lab lady her DVDs today. Shell's oh, already okay. ordered them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, Brenda, I'm Let's, always late to the party. Always late to the party. <laughs> <laughs> you have no idea. <laughs> well, actually, you do. Actually, they got bloopers. Do. Okay. Mm-hmm. Bloopers are They do to- have <laughs> the bloopers in, as yeah. well as Not- the... Yeah. Oh, good. Yeah, I, I figured they would put the specials in, but I didn't want to confirm it since I am yeah. late to the party and I don't have the... Yeah, me too. So, me too. Uh, but I... And if the fa- the founding's and signature members were there were some on set mm-hmm. in Oxford. For yeah, in Oxford, and it looks like they used St. Anne's College in Oxford for part that's of this, nice, which is great. Yeah, they were able to film. They were able, you know, because I, I know Oxford's. Yeah, Oxford's pretty tough about mm-hmm. filming around their stuff. So, because I re- I remember from a discovery of witches, they could uh. use the Bodleian Library, which is such a key part. Yeah. And uh, well, yeah, yeah, and they, yeah. they create recreated it though mm-hmm. um, on the Bad Wolf set in Wales. And uh, I remember seeing a, a behind the scenes on that, and it's like you have these very old books, and it looks like they're on a shelf, and you pull out the shelf, and it's like this one big stack of empty <laughs> <Western> <laughs> Paris books. <laughs> well, a lot of people, Ashley said she so. actually still has to open her Gabriel's Inferno DVDs. Yeah. They're wrapped in plastic, so he's protecting the precious, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, Betty was hoping there'd be even yeah, more stuff course. in the DVD. Um, for her, of course, in the DVDs, the highlight is Paul. So, of course, and Ellie's going to order yes. on Rapture Monday, uh, payday. She's going <laughs> to place her order for those DVDs. So, really exciting times. Uh, back on mm-hmm. back on set with uh, Julio and Melanie and uh, James. Just really, really exciting James. that they were able to get some of that filming in already. And that uh, looks like they um, have enough footage. It's going to be really, really good. <laughs> so um, 
stay tuned. I can't wait to uh, I can't wait to hear more about uh, how things go in Florence, and then, of course, what they're going to be doing here stateside, um, founding members and signature members in the U.S. and uh, are eagerly awaiting mm -hmm. to learn when that visits might happen. So yeah, I'm um, sure everyone's waiting to hear for that. Oh, and I would highly recommend if it's something that you can can do and want to do, um, look into signature membership. It is a really extraordinary experience to be able yeah. to go on set. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's, it's something that, you know, of course you have to, when you go, you have to really be mindful that it is a working set. Uh -huh. You also have to be mindful. I mean, when we were mm -hmm. in Syracuse, we had to sign a paper. You're not to post pictures of um any of anything um regarding the film until mm. after passion flicks releases uh, things um right. in promotion you have to be very mindful of that the only time you can post pictures is in the lounge so you know they you, you need to respect the process right. and uh not do spoilers so only people who do spoilers really are Tosca and, Ali's also there. <laughs> are and, and Julio. <laughs> Sometimes SR, but he's not as bad. This as is true. This is true. <laughs> so today we're super excited to have Mango with us. Good he's morning. Hello, all. Welcome, chat room listeners. Yay. Yay. Well, Susan, you were here about it, to tell us about a very special project. Can you tell us about it? How did the project come about? Well, this is actually the third anthology that we have put together. And this is comes from the very fertile and creative mind of Morgan and Jennifer Locklear. I say mind, I probably should say minds, but you know, they work in tandem, <laughs> not just because they're married, but because creatively they come up with so much. And this is, as I said, the Ghosts and Gravity is the third anthology that uh, Morgan and Jennifer have put together. Uh, the first one we did back in 2017, it was called Musings, an Argyle Empire Anthology. And it was uh, dedicated in memory of Terry Eisenstein. I don't know if, I know there are some people in the chat room who might remember her. She was also a very big fan of SRs. Uh, she was a wonderful person, a nurse who lived um, kind of between you and me, Pam. Uh, she lived in Pennsylvania. Yes, I think. Yeah, I think she lived around Jenkins uh, area. Oh, I remember. a little. Some, I think so. Yeah, not that far from there. I I used to go and visit her, and I can't remember exactly. All I know right. is that I took ninety five to get there. But you could say that about most of the Philadelphia area. Um, but she uh, passed away a uh, short time before the anthology came out. She was also a big supporter of uh, Covenant House, so we dedicated the proceeds to Covenant House in Philadelphia. And then the um, the second book was in uh, anthology. It was in 2019. It was called Paperback Writers. And all the stories had a Beatles theme. Um, and That was, I loved mm -hmm. both of those. And yeah. so yeah. really were the stories. The it had were fun. a yeah, both lot of, of fun stories and a lot of really good, fun, interesting things that people did. And uh, that one 
uh, the Literacy Foundation of America, you know, which helps people read, um, we dedicated all the proceeds to them. So, of course, uh, we decided to come up with another one, or I should say Morgan did. And, and he, since it's close to Halloween and the theme is um, Ghosts and Gravity, there are 13 writers, and uh, some of them are new. Uh, some of them uh, have been Becca and myself and the author, Chris Babe, have all been uh, contributing throughout. And there were stories through this. They, the, the common theme, there, well, there are kind of two common themes, I guess I would say. They all take place, all of the characters live in a building called the Well Raven Building, uh, which doesn't exist except in Morgan's mind. Um, but he did, a, he did a really good job of explaining it, and and he actually found something that created something that showed like a, a building pl- pattern of it. Um, and he said the, he talked about the neighborhood, and at one point, my husband and I went up to where the building would have been located and took pictures so the authors could see what the neighborhood looked like. Oh, I love it. I love yeah. it. Fun. It was it was such a great group project. And uh, the other theme is that everything has to take place in the 1970s. And some of the stories have a very supernatural theme to them, like that's central to the story. And then some Mm -hmm. of them Mm -hmm. kind of touch on that here and there. And when you read the stories, you'll see that some of the characters have interactions with each other, some some more than others. You know, they they gave us the freedom to. create what we wanted to and include some of that or and and make it a central part of our stories or not. Uh, But they're all very enjoyable. Mm -hmm. A lot of them are a lot of fun. I see my fellow author Becca is in here. Yep, she pointed Mm -hmm. at New York City's Upper East Side in 1972, close to the Lenox Hill area. And it was so much to participate in. Uh, Becca's story is is really enjoyable. It's uh, Chrysalide, I hope I'm pronouncing that right, Becca. Becca, it's a sort of an age gap romance about a really loving and fun-loving couple um, that try to look at life's offerings in a new way. Um, and it, it, she really does a great job of detailing some of their adventures. Uh, there's another it. story. Yeah, there's a story in there. Um, a new writer, D.L. Hartman, who wrote about. Um, uh, I'm trying to think of her characters. Bella Loki is the story of a young man who moved to New York City and had an encounter with several tenants of the Well Raven, a slow cat, a demon, and a very <coughs> parrot. <laughs> I so, love it. Well, Betty's suggesting mm-hmm. that perhaps one day the anthology could have a mini-series, something like Only Murders in the Building. <laughs> oh, I love it. <laughs> I don't know. We might need to call Tosca on that one. That could be kind of fun. That's, That's a right. brilliant it would be kind of fun. <laughs> we can we can see if James a series of a series of uh, passion flicks quickies that would be yeah, interesting. That would be fun. Yeah, <laughs> maybe we can talk James into playing one of the characters. <laughs> oh, because James is quite the character himself. Yeah. that's for sure. Yeah. Yeah, Shell's she noting she may, yeah, she's yeah. really looking forward to Dee's story. Yeah. So. Uh, D, D wrote about uh, the character Bella Loki, so that's that's really it's a lot of fun. Um, there's a, a, a really wonderful uh, kind of I don't know if I call it heartrend or what story about a young woman who uh, comes to New York and she's kind of active in the anti-war movement and she makes a really strong connection with uh, 
young man there, some the kind of thing that she's never really had in her life, but her past kind of comes back to haunt her. And it's just, it's by, mm-hmm. this is the story by Chris Babe, and it's so beautifully written. <clears throat> Excuse mm. me. Um, I, I helped her uh, copy edit that one, and it's just, I, I thought she did such a wonderful job with it. So that that one's a little more on the serious side, but a lot of them are more lighthearted. Um, Morgan's story is about a young man named Robert, and it's told through his journal of things that happened to him while he's living in the building. And oh, if you, cool. If you know Morgan's writing, you know you're in for a really good ride on that one because he, he just That's is so incredibly imaginative and creative. So I one of the things I really would want to say about this is that there is going to be something for everyone in this book. And I love uh, it. I know. And it's um, going to be, uh, you know, really, you'll, you'll find something that you'll really enjoy. Everyone will find something they really enjoy in, in every, in, in the entire series. So. And, and when is it available? Oh, um, when is it coming out and how it's, can readers, I actually put a link into the Amazon link, good. Um, yeah. but it's, when is it available? When's it coming November out? 11th, November okay. 11th. Um, Veterans Day. Very appropriate. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Veterans Day. Um, also, the day that Bruce Springsteen's new album comes out. So that helps me remember. Oh, very nice. Very uh-huh. nice. Uh-huh. I love it. it. It'll and be also. That's right. It, also, my illustrious podcaster's uh, birthday. Uh- <laughs> oh my gosh, is that your birthday, Leslie? Well, almost, Pam. <laughs> it's the week. Close. You have the right week. What's about that? November 7th. Uh, seven, you're yeah, thinking eleven seven. It's you're thinking the eleven. You're very good though. I'm actually thinking seven eleven. Seven eleven. Actually thinking seven eleven. I know somebody <laughs> who's a seven eleven. I'm an eleven seven, and I should be with Shell in Vegas. I think because of my birthday. You definitely. Um, yeah. Uh, but I, <laughs> it it will be a good birthday uh, gift to myself. I will tell you that because I'm definitely ordering it. Um, and there's a lot of readers I'm seeing here uh, that pre-ordered. Ellie's yeah. saying, I love the premise. Yeah. Sisano always talked about making a story about our uncle's hotel in San Francisco we both lived in. And I spent four summers as a maid there in college. Interesting guests and residents. I uh, would totally read that book, Ellie. I would totally. Oh, God, Ellie. <laughs> Flora said she pre-ordered it last week and she's very excited. Ellie's <laughs> looking forward to the anthology as she pre-ordered it already. Betty can't wait to read the stories. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> yeah, Becca's encouraging her. Please write it, Ellie. Please write yeah, it. Definitely. Yeah. Oh, that could be so much. Oh, I can only imagine. Uh, having worked in a hotel, yeah. and I know Pam's worked <laughs> in properties as well. Uh, there are always have... interesting characters um, in in a hotel, <laughs> in and oh. out of a hotel. Uh, uh, and also interesting mm-hmm. complaint calls from, from the uh, guests. Yes. Oh, yes. Um, and also interesting uh, things you find when you deliver room service uh, to the rooms as yeah. well. <laughs> or or things that you don't find, like clothes on people who yeah. ordered things. Because um, yeah. that does, uh-huh. that has happened, not to me personally, but to my colleagues. Um, yeah. Yeah, well, we had a phone call one night, a uh, complaint from a, a guest who, their guest in the room next door were having sex on the balcony and they could walk. Oh, oh. Well, there you go. Thanks a lot. <laughs> there you go, you know. And trust me, the place I worked in was not a no-tell motel. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, Black Lab Lady um, 
says she's going to pre-order the book today. Yeah. And Betty actually had a question, um, yep. as Betty often does. She's saying, I always assign music to books I love. Did you pick songs for your story, Mango? There are some songs in there. In fact, the title is Harry Nilsson Was Right. And if you know the music of the 70s, you know that Harry Nilsson was a very popular singer-songwriter there. Uh, during that era, he was also a good friend of John Lennon's. Um, and Nilsson yeah. has a very particular song. I don't want to give away too much, but there is a song with a title that is uh, very specific to, um, shall I say, the, the main character's a heroine situation in the story and there's a in the in my story and there's also some reference to a conversation she has with her grandmother about it but she she also talks about the music that she's got in her apartment she sings um Beatles songs sometimes as she goes throughout her day so there there is definitely a musical presence in here there's also she goes into a cafe and um um Maggie May is playing which is mm -hmm. a Rod Stewart. Rod Stewart. <laughs> yes, I, I, I know it well. <laughs> I, and you wear it I, well. Um, that's like right in my wheelhouse. So since the story takes place in July of 72, a lot of what was popular at that time or right before is in there. So I hope that they're at least familiar with some of the readers. Um, Pam and I, this is all in our wheelhouse. but uh, yes, It resonated with me. I didn't know. I, there were maybe a handful. I didn't know, but I knew the artists, but most of them I knew. So, yeah. But thank you for that question, Betty. So music is an important part of it. But the, the real thing is books, since the main character is a librarian. So, Right. So, Mike, I have a question for you. Actually, uh, a couple of them, yeah. aside from what I'm going to ask you. One of them is, did uh, um, <laughs> Mog pick out the subway line he was going to work with? Did, since he does so much with the subway maps of New York? Um, trying to remember. I did read his story. I'm trying to remember whether or not he did. I'm sure there was some reference in there. Um, one of the things he he and my husband are really in line with that. That my husband is a is a we call a map guy because he's he's a real transit and map geek. So he and and Morgan talk a lot about because my husband's very familiar with the New York subway system. Now, I don't recall specifically what how much that takes um, place. You know how much how much of a presence that has in Morgan's story, but I would guess that it does somehow. I, I was just curious because I mean he he's always you know with his maps that he creates art with. Yes, he does. And he's always got the subway map yep. going. So yeah, and there there was the the one story that he wrote about the the uh, girl who saw ghosts on the subway, and uh, it was a book that he wrote. Wasn't that musings? That I think. That what was that? Was, yeah, one? yeah, and it was uh, the su the subway system figured prominently in that one. It was practically an extra character. So yeah. Mm -hmm. The F train, if I'm not mistaken, yeah. which is the one my my great daughter-in-law takes to work in the morning. Ah, okay. Um, so, what is the organization that will benefit from the book, and how did you select? Uh, Morgan was the one who found them. He, one of the authors, is actually heavily involved in them, if not one of the founders. Be uh, Becca might know, um, but it's called Vet Sports. V E T S P O R T S. Mm -hmm. 
They work to improve the um, participation of veterans in their local sports and community service and local events and partnerships. It's a way of reintegrating veterans into their communities. Um, as you know, sometimes they have a difficult time coming back and adjusting to civilian life. And they use sports mm -hmm. a lot to help them not only come back and get to know other people in the community, but to be active because activity really helps if you're, say, having a tough time with something or you're undergoing depression, dealing with depression. Um, if you're interested in finding out more about them, they're, I'm going to give you their website. It's vetsports.org. Yes, I'm, and actually, I'm. you're right with me there. I'm, I'm placing it in the uh, chat room. Oh, good. And, and the, 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 the book on the train, Morgan actually did write the book. It's called Connection, and a couple yeah. of the people, uh, it wasn't just in the, in the anthology. He had a book um, about book. The, yeah. the train. Yeah. Um, uh, the relationships on the train. I, right. I won't get. I won't spoil it for you. You got to read it. I really, really enjoyed that book yeah. immensely. Yeah. Um, and Vet Sports is in. Uh, Becca says uh, she believes uh, BT is an ambassador BT. for Vet Sports and is heavily yes. involved. Yes. VetSports.org. Oh, awesome. Yeah. BT Arula is not only one of our authors, but I think he was the one who suggested this to Morgan. And um, Morgan thought, you know, it was definitely worth uh, supporting. So uh, that's that's how they've come to be our, um, our our organization that we're tied in with this time. And I think that's what makes uh, the November 11th uh, launch date so yeah. special because it's Veterans it's Day. It's Veterans Day, right. Yeah. And I'm... I'm super excited because I, I work uh, with uh, and our business is owned by a service disabled veteran. Um, so we do a lot with uh, veteran um, and uh, in particular Marine uh, <laughs> uh, Marine uh, based organizations. So we're really, really um, excited about that. I'm going to be sharing this with my team and um, definitely uh, support uh, the book, support the project, and support our veterans because it's and their families because it's right. super important. Oh, right. Yes, absolutely. Uh, that it is. Yeah, because yeah, I can remember, you know, again, I'm, I'm a certain age, so I remember the Vietnam vets coming home uh -huh. and how horribly they were treated yeah. by not just people in the States, but even by the Veterans Administration and everything. Yeah. So that's great. Yeah, I think people. People are a lot more aware of the issues now, you know, and, and subsequent things like the Iraq war and all that, at, you know, at least people mm -hmm. cognizant of the, the problems veterans face when they come home. So, And it's a lot more intense these days because we medicine has, even field medicine has gotten to a point where they can treat all these wounds. Yeah. You know, with that have lost limbs and everything. And then to the point where if it had been... 40 years ago, they may not have. Yeah. Right, exactly. And now, so yeah, it's a, it's a great organization. Mm -hmm. uh, what, who, aside from Becca and Morgan, who else was involved in BT? There was, uh, I'm trying to think if I have all the names. Uh, there's a woman named IAI Tran. There's uh, D.L. Hartman, whom I mentioned. She's the one who wrote Bella Loki. Uh, <coughs> Chris Babe wrote the story about the uh, woman who had some ties to the Vietnam War. Uh, hmm, I'm going to have to go back and look at all 13 names. I 
<laughs> I'm really sorry. Well, no, this just gives us a good flavor. Um, Becca noted that Chris Lade has a main character that is a Vietnam vet who lost two of his limbs. Right, right. And uh, Becca also noted that another interesting fact about the Ghost and Gravity anthology is that the authors work very hard to incorporate the residents or situations uh-huh. into their stories, creating a continuity and common thread for readers to enjoy. Right. Right. And that really mm-hmm. came through um, in your story uh, mm-hmm. that we were privileged enough to get an advanced copy of uh, Mango's story. And can you tell us, you, you kind of hinted a little bit about uh, what you wrote about in Librarian, but can you tell us a little bit about your story? Oh, sure. It's about a young woman who uh, grew up in, I guess, central Pennsylvania and uh, had always wanted to be, she loved books and she decided to be a librarian. She went to school for that. And her ambition was to work for the New York Public Library uh, because it's one of the biggest and, you know, especially the main library, the most prestigious uh, in the country. And she moves to New York uh, with a lot of high hopes about what she's going to do in the city and what she's going to discover and who she's going to meet, all the wonderful things there. But she lives with her grandmother, her widowed grandmother, her nona, and, uh, but she finds she's quite lonely. Uh, she has a hard time making friends. She's just kind of shy and introverted. And one of the things that's mentioned in there, speaking of of the interaction, she sees people, other people in the building and has some, you know, minor polite interactions with them and kind of wishes she could extend herself to them, thinking, you know, maybe I could become friendly with this one couple that I always hear them laughing. And, you know, there's another woman who seems a little mysterious who lives on another floor. She smiles at me, but, you know, maybe I could get to know her, but she's kind of shy, a little inhibited about doing that. But she uh, works in the library. Her closest friend is a fellow librarian, and they have a supervisor who, if anybody's the villain in the story, is a supervisor, (laughs) uh, who's just kind of an irritating story in the way that um, uh, supervisors can sometimes be. (laughs) But she keeps crossing paths with a construction worker. And the the timing of this worked out really well because across the street from the library now, if you um, have been in that neighborhood, which is right at Bryant Park, the library is right in front of Bryant Park. Across the street Mm -hmm. is W.R. Grace Building, which is kind of a famous newer building in New York. It has that slanted uh, perspective on it. And it's a... Mm -hmm really a skyscraper but it's a fairly tall building and as part of my research for the story that I found that they had torn down a beautiful old Victorian building which was the flagship store of Stern Brothers I don't know if anyone lived in an area where you had uh, Stern's the department store um, and the construction worker she sort of keeps crossing paths with him and it's it's always kind of these um, not so much embarrassing but they they just don't rub each other the right way, and she gets very annoyed with him, and she keeps seeing him. But then in the meantime, um, the library had set up outside of some restrooms a large bulletin board where, in an effort to discourage graffiti, they put up like lar- like butcher block paper, and they left pens and pencils there, and people would write things. 
and she started to see messages that were quotes from books. And because she knew books, she kind of knew where they were from, although a lot of the times the person who wrote the message would leave the name of the book. And she started to think about it. And she started going to the book in the library to find it. And inside the book, she would find the page where the quote was from. And inside the book, there would be an additional message. So this was kind of going back and forth. And she became very intrigued by it. And I wouldn't say consumed, but she became more and more interested in who is doing this. And (laughs) started communicating back and forth with these messages with quotes from well-known books. And there's sort of a theme in there the quotes mm-hmm. of of loneliness, um, of introspection and introvertedness and of kind of standing, you know, of, of learning about strength in the face of difficult person, personal <laughs> circumstances. Um, and there is resolution to all of this at the end, but you're going to have to read the story to find out because I'm not going to spoil it. There won't be spoilers, but Betty says, ooh, I love this. Awesome. Love it, Flora says. Mm -hmm. And um, Betty also said, supervisors are always the villains. I have to read this story ASAP, Betty said, which I love. Mm -hmm. And um, you're getting some hearts uh, in there. People are loving the idea and you will love, you guys will love the story. It is so, it is so charming at, and, you know, uh, one of the questions, Betty did, actually did put a question in here I wanted to pose to you in addition to some of the ones we had. She was curious how you picked, how did you pick the names of your characters? Well, you know, that's a funny thing. Um, I, I wanted them both to be Italian because I wanted a couple of the main characters to share that nationality. And that's mm-hmm. through a little bit in the story if, if you read it carefully yes. enough. Um, I actually thought back now I grew up in Northern New Jersey, which is most of which was approximately half Italian and half Polish. Mm -hmm. So, you know, the Italian names were actually quite familiar to me and it was pretty easy for me to just come up with some. And, um, I thought of the name Elizabeth. I have a very good friend whose name is Elizabeth. And even though she's very different from this character, um, the inquisitiveness that both of them have, they have that in common. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Sounds like our Betty as well. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Intelligent, inquisitive, she's lovely not, people, you know, so, and. She's not connected to a Paul in any way. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, unfortunately, there's, I don't think there's a Paul in the story. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm not, well, Rhonda, you know, I mean, no, outside the story. Not by that name, right, right. You know, I mean, SR wrote the best call. I could not possibly compete with that anyway. So nobody could, especially. And Betty always reminds us. That's right. He's all all yours, Betty. You're his. (laughs) Um, Becca noted she loved your story so much, Mango. You did an amazing job writing this lovely tale. And Polska's represented. That's right. (laughs) She's loving that. (laughs) I loved her story too Becca just has a wonderful way of bringing her characters alive and uh, you you will enjoy hers as well they're a unique couple and and you just you'll just fall in love with them so Shell um, uh, I can't wait to read the other stories I I love the anthologies I enjoyed both of the prior two 
Um, and of course, Betty's noting we need more Paul and Shell's look at, really looking forward to these stories. And I Thank am too, Shell. Uh, Mangoes was so lovely. Um, and and I, I was just curious, um, you have the, the character of uh, Elizabeth uh, hailing from Mount Gretna, Pennsylvania. And I was just curious, how did you stumble upon Mount Gretna as being... Uh, <laughs> where this character came from <laughs> did you like point on the map or do you I like a dart I or <laughs> i literally did leslie you know what i did i went and i looked at a map i wanted something that was pretty far away from new york in terms mm -hmm. of distance and maybe culture uh -huh. um, but the um elizabeth's father grew up in new york so i wanted some distance there but not so far that the family couldn't go back and see the grandmother mm -hmm. periodically. Okay, that makes sense. Um, I literally looked at a map and and looked at that area. I'm not too familiar with it, but a little bit. And mm -hmm. I did a little bit of research on the town. And I thought that sounds like the kind of place where she would have kind of a middle class upbringing, you know, and would enjoy her own library and, you know, kind of go through school as somebody who enjoyed learning but maybe wasn't the most popular kid so are you familiar with it because honestly oh very mount gretna is really well known in central pa there they host a phenomenal it's almost like an artist colony uh oh. there is a, a stage mount gretna theater um a theater yeah. house is a summer almost like summer stock theater um has been around for decades um, as well as they host a juried art sh show in August that draws people from all over. Um, so it's, um, it is rural. I would say uh, of all of us, Ashley out there is probably located closest to Mount Gretna. It's in Lancaster County. Um, and I'm saying Lancaster, not Lancaster, because uh -huh. that's how we say it in these parts of central PA. Um, yeah, it's it's a really beautiful area. It is um, there is some suburbia, but there's also some ruralness. There's wood. Right. It's wooded, and yeah, I, I I think it makes sense for someone to have that love of learning, um, growing up in that environment. That makes it made perfect sense to me. I was yeah. just curious because. You know, it's almost when I read that, it was almost like it, it took me back to when I was reading Gabriel's Inferno, and I'm like, wait a minute. Sealands Grove, Pennsylvania. Yeah. You mean yeah. the Sealands Grove? That's like I up the river, like 40 minutes from my house. Sealands Grove. What? <laughs> so right. I love, I love finding out how authors select um, locations. I and to, um, um, I tend to. I, I've written some stories uh, that have to do that are set in New Jersey because I lived here my whole life, and I thought, well, I'm going to pick someplace else, you know, and I. Did, I did see, um, read something about the theater there. I remember seeing that and thinking that that was a really wonderful feature of the town. So now that you mention that. It's, it's really cool um, doing a little tourist uh, obligation here. I'm putting in a link to Mount Gretna so you guys can oh, check it out. Um, yeah, because one, one of the neat things that I've always found with New Yorkers, because when I lived in New York, of course, I knew a lot of them. Um, that the people that grew up in the city want to get away from the city so bad. <laughs> yes. It's nice to visit, but right. we want to get away right. so bad. And then people outside of the city, no matter what state, 
they love going into the city mm. and living in the city. It's so true. How wonderful is that? Yeah. A friend, my friend's granddaughter is living around Lenox Hill now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and she's loving every minute. Yeah, that's a pretty neighborhood. It's really nice. It yeah. It so. really is. Well, one of my prior jobs was fundraising for the arts and uh, the Gretna Theater was one of the organizations that oh, re- cool. received funding from our United Arts Fund in this region. So, yeah, it's it's a really it's a special little spot on the map. So I thought that was cool. That's and great. the other thing, um, the, the only uh, the other thing I wanted to ask a little bit more about in yeah. your story, you met you referenced the quotes. How did you come up with that idea? I love, 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 loved that idea of having those, you mentioned the quotes and having it in the book and having the paper and the back and forth. Uh, It was so, it was just so spellbinding and captivating and that idea of the quotes and then how you chose the quotes. Mm -hmm. Well, Um, the idea of the quotes and, and the whole thing about the bulletin board, this actually goes back to something that happened when I was in college. There was in the student center in the women's room, they actually did that. They put up big pieces of butcher block paper inside the stalls so that uh. <laughs> nobody would scribble in the walls. And it was that's brilliant. a great idea. And you go in, you it is a good idea. And you know, like you, people, you would see the women were going in. There are all these conversations on these sheets of paper, and it was fascinating. Like people were having these current events and religious discussions. In the bathroom, you know, I mean, they, you can see people would be going back and forth and writing additional commentary in addition <laughs> to, you know, Betty and Paul forever, you know, those kinds of things. Written <laughs> I threw that out. So for some reason, I love that. I thought, I thought, what a great, even back then, I thought, what a great idea. So for some reason, when I was thinking of the character and I, I, I kind of formed her first and I thought, and I wanted to write a romance, uh, a kind of a happy little romance, fun little thing, because COVID was going on and everything was just so miserable and bleak. And I just thought, I I need something cheerful, you know, so I'm going to write something fun and cheerful. And since she was in the library, she worked in the library and she loved books, I figured I would tie that in somehow. And I started to think about how to do it and thinking about these conversations that I used to see I thought well why not have an anonymous thing going on here for her and her trying to figure out who is coming up with all of these great books and these nice quote you know who's doing this and her getting very intrigued by it so the the really the whole idea kind of flourished from that one little thing that I saw that happened many, many years ago. Um, and it just, I, I, I have read most of these books. I have not read all of them, but wanted to get a I did a lot mm-hmm. of on that. Yeah. It was on the questions about the research you did. So yeah. I, I looked up a lot of information on, and some of these, like, it's been a long time since I've read a tree grows in Brooklyn. And I loved it, but, you know, to really try to go back and kind of reacquaint myself a little bit with that and uh, To Kill a Mockingbird, which is one mm. book that stands out in my mind because it's it's so brilliant and wonderful. So I tried to include some mm-hmm. things that 
I really loved and some maybe things that people wouldn't really think of right off the top of their heads. Um, and right. because of COVID, you know, my, my first, one of my, the first things I would have done under normal circumstances would have been to go to the library mm -hmm. closed for, I don't know, a year and a half, something like that. But you know, librarians are wonderful people and you can mostly, you can email many of them now. And there was one librarian at the New York public library who's so incredibly helpful he sent me uh, like PDFs of annual reports for the library going back then. Um, oh, that's so cool. Oh, it was, it was great. That cool. And that was what reminded me of how bad the fiscal situation in New York was at that time, which mm -hmm. kind of added to Elizabeth's worries because she was worried she was going to get laid off because the right. library was facing funding cuts. But the other thing he confirmed for me was that the New York, the main branch at that time, carried fiction books for circulation they don't now it's all research material their fiction mm. has been moved to another site oh, but in 1972 thankfully they still had fiction there that you could take out a, you know a book to read so fortunately that worked really well so there are all these little things here that I was concerned about getting right and I was mm -hmm. really worried I found some books that had floor plans for the libraries. There's a, a couple beautiful coffee table books about the library. And there was one from, I think, 1982. And I relied on that a lot. I found that in my own library. And I, I relied on that a lot to help me figure out where things were in the library because I couldn't go and see myself. Uh, right. so and and it, as you wrote it, it is remarkable because... You really, you could envision her walking around in the space and, yep. and it's remarkable you were doing that based on images and floor plans as opposed to walking it yourself. Yeah. Yeah. It was your attention to detail was, was stellar. Yeah. The one thing I remembered, and, and this is also confirmed in the book, is how much marble is in that building, you know, but it was really, the, the construction is just incredible. It, it's like a mansion, but it's the best kind of mansion because it's this, this repository of incredible learning. And it's also got historic documents and photos in there, which is something that's very important to Tom, the construction worker in there, who, who has mm -hmm. kind of unusual points of view and interests for someone who is a construction worker. Mm -hmm. um, so it, it really all meshed well. It really helped when I wanted to write these kinds of things about the characters that would give people a good idea, would give the readers a good idea of who they are, you know. And again, I was very lucky to have some assistance from some of the people who work there, uh, some other things I found out on my own, you know. And I just, I just started thinking of books, thinking of books that I loved books that were outstanding pieces of literature through time and, and what their messages were. You know, it's been uh, a long time since um, I read God Bless You, Mr. Rosewater, but Kurt Vonnegut is one of my favorite authors. And this is a book that's quoted in there. And, you know, one of the things that always stood out to me is that they thought Mr. Rosewater was crazy because he was so generous. And I thought <laughs> that kind of a funny sad thing and and there, it was one of those quirks that made me want to include something from that book you know mm -hmm. Kurt Vonnegut is so good at being satirical uh and, and having you know great social commentary it was part of why I loved him so much and so I threw that in there of one of his lesser known books so 
So I hope that answers your question about Oh, that. my goodness. Yes. As Betty noted, this is fascinating. Becca's saying Mango has a true gift for allowing the reader to see what's going on along with her character's journey. Her stage setting is amazing. And Becca, I truly agree with that. Thank Shell's you. wishing she would love to visit there. Shell's based in Vegas. Uh -huh. And uh, I totally agreed with uh, your comments on libraries and how wonderful they are. Um, yeah. It really, really is special. And it was great while uh, we were having our discussion. We had a, a brief visit from our dear friend, Anna, who uh, just was stopping in to say hello. So we just wanted to note that and still asking for prayers for her patient that they're trying to place. Um, so uh, she's oh. off to hockey land, I'm sure. Um, so it's yes, really, I, <laughs> Betty's, uh, once again said, uh, has reaffirmed her position. This anthology needs to be a mini series. So <laughs> yeah, that would be fun. That would be fun. It really would be, would be actually yeah. a, a, a great deal of fun. I kind of yeah. love that idea. I think Morgan would be up for that. If someone were to approach him and say, Hey, how about if we turn this into a series? I think he'd really get into that. So, oh my gosh. Can you imagine? Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. I can just imagine the enthusiasm he would put into it. I, yeah. I'm yeah. telling you based on how you wrote it, it, I could, I totally could visualize it. And that area, Bryant Park, is so, it's just such a lovely part of the city. Mm -hmm. uh, my, my uncle used to be one of the managers at the uh, Barnes & Noble oh, at Bryant Park. Yeah, and yeah. He, so I, that's one of the areas I would, I would go because I'd always try and visit him when he, he's now retired, mm -hmm. um, thankfully. But um, it's, uh, it's just a neat, it's a neat part of the city and the park itself is so pretty. Oh, that's a great yeah. part. Mm -hmm. <laughs> oh, Betty wants to know. If, Betty wants to know. Would you do a cameo if they turned it into a series, Mango? <laughs> yeah, I would. I'd be a library patient, and I, a, a library patient, and I go in there and I'd say, "Hello, I'm looking for Gabriel's Inferno by that wonderful uh, yes, author." Yes, yes. There you go. <laughs> and if I you don't it. have it, I will want to know why. <laughs> oh, Becca saying, I "Darn right, Mom would we love went, that idea." <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> There was a uh, uh, a couple weeks ago. El James is on TikTok, and I follow. We follow each other, uh. and um, she was <laughs> she put something at some man cooking something on an outdoor fire, and she was like, "Hmm." So I just put in the comment, "Gee, this looks like Boyce Fox and and the uh, and the Great Cottage Country." <laughs> <laughs> She loved the idea. I yeah. love the cameo. So, I yeah. love the cameo. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> that, so this also takes place at the end of um, Mayor uh, Lindsay's run yeah. in as mayor yeah, of New York. Yeah, it does. Yeah. Right We're, before Beam destroyed the yeah. city. And uh, <clears throat> and Mayor Beam was just coming in, I think, and and with yeah, the whole yeah. the whole whole horrible situation, the financial situation in New York oh. with the Mac bonds and all that. And going back and reading some of that, I was like, you know, I was, I was alive when that happened. I was pretty young, but I just remember these terrifying headlines. It sounded like all of New York city was going to collapse and it really was pretty close to that. And yeah. It was. And, it was. um, you know, so that was, New York I, 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 
I think Ford based uh, President Ford at that time said, or basically said, "Go to hell." Yes, right. Ford's a city, drop dead. That was a mm-hmm. famous right. Daily News headline that they say contributed to you know Ford's unpopularity a lot. Uh, I, yeah, I just, I, I tried to make it so New York City is kind of an additional character here. Uh, you know, that's one of the things that I admire about some authors, SR being one of them, where they write something about the surroundings, where they really make you feel like you're there, like, you know, SR does with mm-hmm. Toronto and Florence and Oxford and, and even Edinburgh, you know, in Gabriel's Promise. So it, mm-hmm. just, I, it really helps you get a better feel, such a great feel for the story as well as the characters if an author is able to do that. And, of course, New York, mm-hmm. there's so many elements to it. There's so many parts of it that make it a great character. So I try to include that as well. Uh, yeah, it's a great, I mean, for people who have never, who are wondering what the W.R. Grace building looks like, a good movie to see it in is uh, Working Girl. Yeah. With Harrison. Oh, yeah. I didn't connect the two. Right there. Okay. Oh, I just, because I remember the first time, well, not the first time, the first time I was in New York City by myself, seeing that building, I was like, wow. Yeah. <laughs> it was cool. I think I, I think I was about maybe... 19 or 20 at the time when I when that happened so long time yeah yeah and also the public library is is featured in ghost that's right yeah I know that was like really early on when the librarian saw the ghost in the in the um, stacks Mm -hmm. yep yeah and they also featured the rose reading room in it they they brought her there yeah yep (laughs) Which my granddaughter loves, but that's not yeah, it's still no. But I remember this city at that time because I it was around that time my mom brought and my uh, her friend brought her two kids and my sister and I up to the city for a, a day, and we were we were going to Radio City Music Hall because at that time they had Easter shows as well as yeah wow shows. yeah. And, and we we saw the Easter show and a film, the Disney film, like something America, Great American Band or something like that. And um, I, I just remember we were we were having dinner before we left to go back to Philadelphia, and we're Times with, Square, and we're and walking. My uh, we see Tad's Steakhouse. Where you could get a steak, a baked potato, and a salad for four ninety five. I will never forget that as long as I live. <laughs> the building next door to it, there was a police raid, and we didn't. Yeah, I was like a kid. My sister was like maybe eight. Um, and we're walking, and we see all these police outside the store, and men being handcuffed and walked into a, a van. And here it was, when you walk by the window, it was a very definitive glass window with pictures of naked men oh. with strategically placed band-aids. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that to this day as if it was yesterday. Well, that would be uh, something. Great New York experience. <laughs> Definitely. New York in the 70s is quite different than it is oh, now. My and for those of you who aren't there, yeah, it, it was... Uh, 
Times yeah. Square was triple uh, X land. Whoa. <laughs> uh, yes, it was if, if, if before Disneyland. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was quite a whole different landscape. Ah. <laughs> 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 uh, and so you know, the construction workers make me laugh because that that would be all part of that. Oh, definitely. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. It was even. It was far. It was worse back then. Definitely. Yep. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It was funny. (laughs) Anyway, I dig. Well, I guess um, one of the things we were looking at is your writing process, Susan. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, Tell us a little about that. Um, it's it's scattered. Uh, with this one, it was pretty linear because of the things that were happening with the books mm-hmm. and there had to be kind of that back and forth, but I do a lot of rewriting, you know, I write out as much as I can and then I go back and read and I add and take out and I do that many times before I'm really satisfied with the final product. And there were, you know, as I would go back, I realized that there were some features that I wanted to add, either about the building or about New York or something that happened or uh, something present there in the city in that area that maybe I wanted to add about um, the, uh, the, the city that would enhance what the character was experiencing, you know, the, the point where she was going to the cafe, the artful codger, and she saw the construction worker again. You know, I was thinking that because New York City is such a crazy uh, mix of people, I wanted to show that somehow. And I realized initially I didn't really have anything in there about it. So my process is really going back and doing a lot of editing and adding things until I'm really satisfied with how the story looks and how it reads and until it says enough to me that I can feel that it will say something to the reader. So I start off with an idea and then really try to develop that. And hopefully the idea has enough to it where it can be turned into a story um, as this one did. And, uh, you know, just keep thinking a lot about the characters and their settings and their lives and to flesh out the story. Oh, it really sounds good. And uh, one of the things, um, you know, I, I think having this anthology, having this community of writers, I think that's not, you know, I, I feel like that would make it even better because you can bounce things off of other people as well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The every Everyone is sort of on the same level because we're all mm-hmm. doing the same kind of thing. So it's very, very helpful. And, you know, and, of course. Morgan and Jennifer would read over the story, too, to make sure it was okay from their perspective as the people putting together this anthology. So they're always a huge help. I love it. I love it. That's great. So, um, so Pam, I'm just kind of rolling some of the questions that we were uh, sure. doing. Uh, we, we're kind of turning now from the, the product to the, the author herself. And for so, a lot of you... A lot of the listeners know who you are, but for some who may not know you as well, could you share a little bit about yourself? Yeah, um, I'm a longtime uh, person who's worked in the public sector, Mm -hmm. long public sector employee, recently retired. Um, I've been writing 
professionally my whole life, but it's really only recently that I've been doing it more creatively, uh, which is a wonderful transition. Um, I started off lifetimes ago as a newspaper reporter and editor for some small publications in New Jersey. Um, and now I have, you know, hopefully more time to mm -hmm. devote to writing, create creatively. Um, I love to write. I love to read. I love to cook. Uh, I'm a real mm -hmm. introvert, you know, but I like friendly people. Uh, what I'm trying to say, I, ha I have a, not a strong online presence, but I've made some wonderful friends online and, you know, and I really love that I've been able to do that. Uh, I'm a Jersey girl. I've lived here my whole life. <laughs> through and through. I love through that about through. you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, well, like, like New Yorkers were kind of a special breed. So <laughs> <laughs> it's, you're just, you, New Jersey is very special. Oh, thank you. Yeah. yeah. And, yeah. and you, you've been so great. Um, and you've been such a foundational part of uh, the community. Um, I was curious, since it is Halloween weekend, Halloween. <laughs> um, do you have plans for the Halloween weekend? Uh, any special Halloween memories or favorite costumes? Uh, well, uh, uh, interestingly enough, we are going into New York today. Um, we have tickets to a concert tonight. We're going to see Ray LaMontagne um, at mm. the wow. and. But we're going in early. We're going to go to Central Park uh, because I haven't seen enough of that. And I was like, I really want to do that. Yeah. So, weather's oh, at this time of year, too. Oh, yeah. my gosh. Yeah. So Your pictures go will be stunning. Yeah. I hope to get some good shots. Um, we're not doing anything particularly Halloween oriented. Um, I have a great T-shirt that shows a spooky castle. So I'll probably wear that. <laughs> I love it. Um, it is... If you've all met me, you know that I'm pretty short. I'm only about five foot two. And one time years ago, I think I was in college, I dressed up as Big Bird, which is really a joke. Uh, <laughs> to create the costume, I took a bed sheet and put crepe paper all over it, like feathers, wore tights. I, oh, I, I love it. it cap and put eyes on it and the feathers on the top like it was Big Bird's eyes, you know, <laughs> and the, the beak mm -hmm. was the, the, you know, the bill of the cap. So that to me, mm -hmm. other than the ones I had when I was a kid where I'd dress up as, you know, a, a somebody from Disney or something like that, that was probably the most outstanding um, Halloween costume I had. And like I said, it was pretty absurd because I'm way too short to be Big Bird, but I love Big Bird. <laughs> And then it's one of those crazy plastic masks that uh, has the elastic oh, in the Oh, I know. You take, go to your first you house and the thing would be snapped off and you couldn't wear <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Well, uh, a couple yeah. of the people in the chat room oh, are God, wishing yes. you a great time at the concert. Betty uh, was saying enjoy the concert and Flora saying love, Thank Ray. Have, have a great time. Yeah. Thank you so much. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. It's going to be a lot of fun. And, and yeah. I think... Uh, you know, in addition to Halloween and special costumes, uh, you have a special nickname. And we were <laughs> curious how, first of all, how did you discover SR? Since we are all things SR, we have to know. And um, how did you get your nickname? 
Well, all things go back to twilight. I don't know. I found, <laughs> but maybe mm -hmm. it's just my circle because I've made so many wonderful friends thanks to that book. Um, I I love the movies. I love the books. And I had met a, there's actually a, a mother of a friend of my daughter's who was just about a teenager at the time. I think the books came out shortly after the books came out. And she was saying something about fan fiction and I didn't even know what it was. I mean, I knew years ago people used to like write their own Star Trek scripts and things like that. And, but I never thought of it that way. So she told me there was a fan site called Twilighted and it posted fan fiction, but there's also fanfiction.net, which posts fan fiction of all genres and books. Mm -hmm. uh, so Twilight fan fiction was on both. Yes, they do. Right. And I remember uh, I was looking at the fanfiction.net website and was scrolling through and it had like new postings, you know, new stories for Twilight. And I saw this mm -hmm. one that said the University of Edward Mason. And I thought, well, that's, that's a great title. Now, this sounds interesting. And I looked at the the you know summary the synopsis and it sounded pretty interesting so i went and i looked it up and i was hooked from the opening line you know oh. this one the, the <laughs> professor wearing icy blue daggers at her from the front of the room and this poor young mm. you know and it was just so intriguing and of course the fact that it was really well written because you know god bless fan fiction authors they put themselves out there they put their heart and soul in what they write but some of the stories are just better than others. You know, mm -hmm. that's just how it is. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I love them all. I understand how hard it is to write. But, you know, when you find a story like that, that's really, really good. So I knew there were forums for stories on Twilight, on the Twilight It site. So, of course, I went and looked up the University of Edmund, Edward Mason. And sure enough, they're back mm -hmm. to forum. And I got to be very friendly with a lot of the people who were posting not just commentary on the story, a lot of that, but just chatting back and forth. And lo and behold, the author would drop in once in a uh, while and give us little little pieces of, you know, what was coming up and talking a little bit. We'd ask, you know, well, why did you write this? And what made you think of that? You know, similar to our conversation here. So SR would give these, you know, great little background discussions on what he wrote and why. And, and it was wonderful. And we just mm -hmm. all got to be really friendly. Now, you know that SR incorporates just such wonderful, a wonderful variety of artwork, everything, you know, art, architecture, music, literature. Mm -hmm. So uh, we would talk about the music in his story that he would use. And uh, we got off on this discussion. There is a Canadian singer songwriter named Bruce Coburn, uh, whom actually my husband introduced me to. He was a big fan of his. And since SR is Canadian, you know, we got into a discussion and I mentioned the song Mango. I really liked it. It's, it's kind of erotic, uh, but it's a beautiful tribute mm. to a man's lover. And I, I guess I put up a link to the song. Well, it's stuck, you know, and all of a sudden I became Mango, you know. I don't like it. I love it, you know. I mean, I love the nickname, and, and Mango also happens to be one of my favorite fruits. So, you know, it's just, mm -hmm. it's just become a nickname over the years, and, you know, it's funny how we sort of, it's sort of, 
goes in the fruit family. You know, I'm a mango, Jennifer's a crayon, and we had a Miss Lemon. And, you know, if you know Mm -hmm. the um, origins of the lemon, lemons refer to um, erotic or sex scenes in a story. So Mm -hmm. for some reason, it all goes back to fruit and twilight. (laughs) (laughs) i love it i i put in um in the chat i said what i would do to go back to be in that fanfic room i would do anything that would have been i would have just loved i I just love to have been you know a part of that and once once um the story was rewritten for publication the fan fiction was removed, which meant that right. the discussion forum was removed. And we were all, oh, my God, we were heartbroken because it was so, and if there, mm-hmm. I don't know how we could have saved it. But I wish that we had been able to save those conversations, too, because they were so funny. And Becca pointed out all the amazing friendships porn back then. And that it was, we're talking like 12 years ago. Right. And a, lot, a yeah. lot of us still get together. We talk online. We talk separately. Yeah, we've got these really great friendships. And uh, that's something that I will always be grateful to SR for, in addition to the wonderful books. And, you know, it's we have these great friendships, but that world has expanded so much. And I just love that it's become so big and so international because we yeah. always – his, his writing should be seen by so many people and it finally is. So it really is wonderful. And we seen is the key word too. It's not just in, in the reading, in the words, in the books, it is now on screen. I mean, right. exactly. it, it is, Absolutely. it is really phenomenal when you think about it, how yes. something that grew out of fan fiction has really grown into this international worldwide family. Um, you know, Floor saying, I agree with Shell, because um, Shell was saying um, how, as Twilight brought her many good friends, SR's book brought many more. And yeah. it has, it just kind of those, yeah. those communities continue to grow. And Becca's, yes, saying get together in person, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. It's such a wonderful, and you know, we do, you know, we That's prepped, right. we right. prepped this it. podcast over tomato pie. At De Lorenzo's. Um, And I think, honestly, there's a lot of negatives in the social media sphere, but there are a lot of positives, too. And having this ability to connect with people about passion projects or or books that you love, it just brings everybody together, which is really, really great. It, it, it's it's true because you know we it, look, this is how Leslie and I met through uh, the Florentines. Yes, we, she was a listener, and and I was doing a podcast with Kaz and Dana, and you know just we we to meet other readers out there. It it, it it's like meeting you, and I remember Morgan and uh, Cran. At, we went to the De Lorenzo's in New York City, or. Uh, in New Jersey, Robinson. Yeah, yeah. That, and then yep. that was fun. That kind of that was like yeah, yeah. And it's fun. We going. To, we went to these book things. Leslie and I've gone to a couple yeah, of book right. uh, book fairs and and met people. It's just been great. And and Becca pointed out, you know, back in the day during this community, you know, it was with SR, El James, uh-huh. Helena Hunting, Liv yeah. Morris, Ruthie Clampett, Deb Anastasia. Uh, the Muses and Bunker Babes. It was a wonderful time to be online. It really now, was. for those yeah. who don't know, all of those folks, 
all of these best-selling authors and especially E.L. James, who like saved oh, publishing. I'll put it yes. out there. Yeah. I mean, yes, she did. They they all came through and we're all chatting um, online in this beautiful, just great. So many, so many amazing people have come together and created a strong and beautiful community. Yeah. Becca says how we used to bounce back <laughs> and forth between the master of the universe and the University of Edward. Uh, <laughs> they mm-hmm. did. I mean, they were there were many, many people who were very uh, who were prolific posters in both forums and, you know, and the authors were so wonderful. And, so, you know, E.L. James is still in touch and, and is still grateful for the people who gave her so much support early on. You know, mm-hmm. she's been, they've been very loyal and faithful to her. And she is, she, both she and us are very, very, they really recognize that. And I think that's really wonderful. So he, he continues to credit, he continues to credit the he support. Does. On a personal yeah. level, both of them uh, were reached out to me after my son passed. Yes, no, they wonderful. So, so, well, mm. I have a train to catch, unfortunately. No, that's okay. We are happy that you had the time to join us. Oh, we I'm actually did SR. We did ask SR a few things. And we just wanted to yeah. share quickly. Oh, absolutely. And any how he met you and any special message. He oh. met Mango years ago yeah. through the fan fiction community. She's an excellent writer, and I've been privileged to read her writing over the years. Oh, that's He's saying amazing. she's one of the administrators of the Argyle Empire Reading Group, and that has been a kind and a hospitable leader in our community. Uh-huh. Um, so... Just wanted to get that in there before you catch your train. Oh, thank you. So glad everybody was able to join today. And SR saying he laments the fact that no one gives out donuts for Halloween, although he's a bit (laughs) old and too tall to trick or treat. He does like chocolate, though. But he he does like chocolate. So, yeah. Yeah. Thanks so much for joining us today. I'd love to come back anytime. And I will put the link um, for Argyle Empire. I'm going to put the SR uh, comments in for those who want to go back and read them. Thank you. And I will put the link to Argyle Empire on as well. Mango, I understand you're having a giveaway mm-hmm. on Argyle yeah. Empire. Yes, well. we have some really nice uh, book plates for Gabriel's Promise that were beautifully designed by Jeltes, mm-hmm. uh, who, if you're familiar with her work, has done quite a bit of design work for authors. Um, and every Friday, starting with yesterday and through next Friday and the Friday after that, we've got three book plates to give away. If you put a comment, I'll put up a post saying, hey, everybody, put a comment here and we'll find, we'll choose a winner at random international people are fine international friends are fine to enter and uh if you win we'll send out the book plate and sr wanted to give those out to his readers he specifically yes. asked if we do that oh. yes yes and he yeah. is yeah, he is reaching out through many of the sr yep. channels uh so to stay tuned as pam actually has in her hands, the giveaway that we will be doing, um, likely November or December. So stay tuned for that, friends. Yes. Okay. Well, thank you all. Have a wonderful day. And thank you so much for hosting me for this great conversation. And um, happy Halloween. Thank you. 
Happy Halloween. We can't wait to read the book. And Pam, what are you sending us out with? I am sending us out with actually with the Harry Nielsen song. Uh It's I guess the Lord must uh, (laughs) be in New York City. And so will Mango in a couple hours. Yes. (laughs) Have a great time, everybody. Happy Halloween. Be safe. Take care. I'll say goodbye to all my sorrow and by tomorrow I'll be on my way I guess the Lord must be in New York City I'm so tired of getting nowhere seeing my prayers gone unanswered I guess the Lord must be to be where I've always wanted to be for the first time I'll breathe free here in New York City